Hi everybody and welcome to Rob Evans 365. It's day number 937. I'm in the car again. I'm driving into the city today on one of the longer trips that I've taken in quite some time because I'm going to have a DEXA scan. And so if you don't know what a DEXA scan is, it's basically an x-ray of your body to determine your body composition. Well, that's what I'm using this for. There, You can use it to um, ascertain your bone density and all that kind of stuff as well. But I'm just using it for uh, body fat composition. So what it does is it shows you where the fat sits on the different parts of your body. So as opposed to what I used to do was a bod pod scan. You, that's where you sit in like a decompression chamber a little egg, if you like, and uh, they give you total body fat percentage. But the difference is that with the DEXA scan, you can see exactly where the fat's sitting on your body. You can't do that with the bod pod. It just gives you what your overall body fat percentage is and not exactly where it is on your body. Um, so that's what's really, really powerful. Um, with this. It's very, very accurate, and that's what my coach uses to assess my progress. So the, it's pretty clear to me, after you have a few of them, you can see where the key um, parts of fat are sitting on your body. And it's quite surprising, really, um, for me, because I thought, oh, it's all going to be around my, my tummy, uh, because that's where I'm feeling it the most. But actually, you have quite a lot of fat in your brain. Uh, but also around my shoulders, around the, the top of my hips, is also the biggest uh, part where I carry the fat, as opposed to... Uh, my tummy uh, but my main area of focus is to remove it from my tummy but the other critical component that this provides I guess it's not so much the body fat percentage but I'm looking for the muscle that I gain in relation to body fat percentage as well uh, because it's a ratio of your total body weight to uh, your uh, the body fat to your total body weight so in order to a change it, we need to change one thing or the other. Now, there's only so much fat that I can lose off my body uh, because I don't carry a lot of fat on my body. So in order to change the percentage dramatically, there needs to be a dramatic change somewhere else. So what I aim to do is drop body fat and gain muscle. And so this is a great measure to see, well, say at the end of this year, have I put on four kilos of muscle from the start? Have I put on five kilos? Has it been more? Has it been less? So that we can really ascertain uh, my progress. Obviously, we can do that through measurements. We can do it through photos. But I also want to be able to see um, the physiological result as, as measured by science. And as I'm driving in here today, I thought what we can really get complacent with is what we're doing that has worked for us in the past and for some reason we say well okay I've done that I want to try something different but <clears throat> here's the thing that may not sound sexy but you've got to do a lot of the same thing to achieve a different outcome or to keep improving on the outcome to get a better outcome uh, that you've got and so another example of that is um, so I've been working out with my coach the exercises that I'm able to load and what that means is exercises that I can keep adding to week after week after week 
because that's the only way I'm going to build muscle. I need to lift heavy to grow. Makes sense. Here's the problem that most people have is they pretty much lift the same weights over and over expecting to get a different outcome, expecting to get bigger or more toned. And the reality is that's not going to happen, which is why most people stay the same because they don't get it and they don't, they don't keep pushing uh, to keep progressing. And so I've been experimenting with a few different exercises and I had to come up with a list of all the exercises that I can do where I can safely load. Uh, now, I'll tell you what I did and then uh, we'll walk through the, the analysis based on my coach's feedback. So uh, I think I had put together about, let's say about 17 to 20 different exercises where I can load the different parts of my body. And the, so in the past when I've tried to, to gain muscle, I mean prior to last year, the big, uh, big muscle gaining exercises I've focused on are heavy bench press, heavy deadlift and heavy squats. But... <clears throat> As I've gotten older, and as the um, you know my shoulder surgeries have had needed to take place, that has meant that well I can't do barbell squats anymore. Haven't been able to do those for years, just because as soon as I load my shoulders and I squat down, it really loads up my lower back. And I injured that a number of years ago, lifting uh, my daughter into a bike seat in an awkward position, and I just it was like a knife right into my back and since that, that moment I haven't been able to um, do heavy squats anymore and that's probably been good because it saved my knees as well but haven't been able to do that um, and for my shoulders for the last two years I haven't been able to lift heavy there either and for the bench press same thing I as soon as I'm in that flat position pushing really heavy as I come down I get a few centimeters off my chest really overloads the shoulder the rotator cuff and it causes pain so therefore it's like well, what's the point in just lifting heavy for the sake of lifting heavy if you're going to get pain so what I sought to do was I had my shoulder surgeries and then I went through a process of rehabbing and I had to use pin loaded machines to start with unilateral meaning one side at a time exercises so that my my posture was all good I was in an upright position and I wasn't unnecessarily overloading the shoulder and that was how I was able to greatly uh, rehabilitate my shoulder. So then from there, I went from pin-loaded machines, I went to plate-loaded machines uh, and that's been able to really help me, um, you know, increase my strength. Um, And I mean, I enjoy using the hammer strength machines at, uh, at the gym and um, I've also used some cable machines, but I'm still using the free weights as well. So I'm going to stop that part of the conversation there. Send it off to my coach. He, he sent some comments back. He said, yeah, good, thanks for the list. But he said, look, most of the things that you've sent me through are on machines. And then I immediately went back through to count them up to see how many that I sent through that were actually machines and, and so forth. And so, okay, yeah, fair call. And um, he said, most of those are machines. He said, for you to be able to do what you need to do, he said, the best way to do it is using barbell and using dumbbells enable for you to enable you to be able to do it. And I said, yeah, actually. And I responded back to him and I said, yeah, what, 
I've probably done is become complacent over the last three years that my shoulder surgeries have taken place and because I've been rehabbing and I haven't really wanted to push in certain things so I just haven't and I've stuck to those machines and some of the machines he quite rightly pointed out start you off in a high risk position so let's just say for instance the chest press machine I mean the chest press should be redesigned to be like a leg press machine so your um a 45 degree angle leg press machine I should say so your leg oh, sorry your chest press starts when you're down near your chest now that's not a great position to start with what you want to start with is above your head like you're lifting a barbell off the off the, the prongs if you like lowering it down to your chest and then pushing back up but and then what that does on the way down it prepares you for the lift back to make the lift back up but with the chest press it's starting down low and then you're going so really what it should do is like if you think about a 45 degree leg press you hop in there you push the weight up you release the safety handles and then you bring it down into the full position and then you push up again these chest press machines should be in the same position so that you're not starting from um, a high risk position and it wasn't really until he pointed that out that I, I realised that. Now, I probably haven't really hit that point yet because I'm not lifting super heavy from those positions because I'm still, you know, protecting the shoulder. Um, so it got me thinking about the number of people, like you go into these gyms and the gym where I train, there are hundreds, literally hundreds of pieces of equipment that do one thing. And there's only so many free weights. There's way more machines why because people find it more interesting maybe more sexy to use the machines than they do the free weights at the end of the day if you want to grow serious muscle you've got to just pick up the whole the cold old-fashioned um, steel in your hand to do it and not be focusing on some fancy machines and, and that kind of stuff so um, that just got me thinking again about you know like the DEXA scans it's like well you've had a few before why are you getting them again well here's the thing I know that this provides me focus it gives real results as in it measures real results it shows how much muscle I'm actually carrying through my body and we use that as a baseline to measure our progress they say well that's boring it's boring to track your food it's boring to just you know do a scan every 12 weeks but again I'm looking at photos I haven't taken centimetre measurements for, for ages because I'm basing it on photos, I'm basing it on scans, I'm basing it on what I see in the mirror and I'm also basing it on are my lifts progressively getting heavier and that's how I measure my success. I don't jump on the scales at all because I don't really care what the number's saying on the scales, it's what I'm looking like and am I gaining muscle from like these scans? Is my body fat staying the same? Is it dropping? That's what's really important uh, to me. So some of these things that we do, you might think, oh, well, gee, it's boring to keep on doing that. But this is where I say boring is sexy. Okay, Boring is stable. Boring is reliable. Boring is focused. Boring is, is uh, driven to give you a better result. And yet yeah, we do these results. I'll probably do about four scans this year. 
uh, more if uh, my coach asks for them. But I'm thinking probably every, well, it might be every eight weeks from now uh, that I do them so that we can see, okay, how is that first eight weeks of the program working? Because I'm going to be doing a heavy part of my program for eight weeks, starting 1st of Feb. Then I'm going to have four weeks of kind of tapering off and then back in again of eight weeks of hard training. So to see where the best results are, we might take it every eight weeks to just see, okay, what benefit did we get over that last eight weeks? So my food's going to be pretty much similar all year round, unless my coach says, let's increase the protein even further. But then we can see, okay, this is the output. These are the exercises that we're doing. And again, he's, um, he said to me, we need to probably stick with a small number of exercises that you do because there's only so many that we can load. And that might seem a little bit boring, but we need to just keep progressing you and stick to those heavy lifts and just progress you from there. So for eight weeks, we stick to those. In those four weeks off, maybe doing some different things, going back to doing some things that I used to be doing or I'm doing right now, for instance, and then we get back into the heavy training again with those other exercises, just giving the body a chance to adapt, um, to recover, and then come back refreshed so that you can then launch again. So uh, it's quite an exciting process, I think, because if you think about how we're going to um, create this new version of, of me, create the new version of yourself, then you need to have a purposeful plan, and that's what we've got but you've got to stick to the plan and sometimes the plan might seem a little bit boring. Like, man, you're doing those same five exercises. If I look at the, my program for the last 12 months, then I stuck with those same exercises all year round unless I was having a layoff week or I was having um, a, you know, a rest period away from my normal exercise, just being in the gym and, and doing some other things. So like this week, for instance, because I've uh, still got the stitches in my back. Um, I'm not lifting uh, weights this week, so I'm having this week off. I'm just doing some cardio, so after I do my DEXA scan, I'm gonna do a little bit of shopping and then um, go and do a, just a walk in the gym. And that's all I'm doing this week. I'm just focusing on uh, walking and, that, and that's it, nothing strenuous. Um, again, using the time to refresh myself, set myself up for success for the 1st of Feb, which is going to be Monday next week, or not Monday week, I should say, um, and I'm getting excited about it, more and more excited, more and more anticipation about what lays ahead. So I do the DEXA scans. We measure the success against those, looking at what's the muscle, what's the body fat percentage, then looking at tracking my food every single day still, and I'm still doing it now, tracking every day, seeing what I'm eating, getting back into a rhythm again. Again, it's all about routine. I'm not looking for significant body change right now. What I'm looking for is routine. Getting, I've been back into it now for a little bit, uh, for a couple of weeks now, but just feeling better about recording every day, slowly increasing my plant-based food uh, back to where it was before at the peak of my training. So I started off with the two cups. Sometimes the three cups was too much. Um, but easily getting in two cups and then being hungry, so just upping that a little bit more. I wound my protein back a little bit now, so I'm taking 40 grams per meal as opposed to 50 grams at the peak of my training, so that'll probably go up again. 
um, once we hit the heavy training. Um, and that might seem really boring to be doing all that, making sure that there's most of my meals are very clean. Okay? So making sure, what I mean by that is uh, very little condiments. So it might be just the three cups of vegetables, mixed veggies. It could be just plain, um, um, you know, pan-fried. I don't use oil with it, but just cook it in this um, electric cooker. Uh, to plain chicken, plain beef strips, something like that. I might put just a tiny drizzle, uh, maybe a teaspoon, two teaspoons, certainly less than a tablespoon, over... Uh, the meat just to give it a, a little bit of moisture to help my digestion of it. Again, not every meal is like that, but there might be at least two to three meals a day, probably two at the moment that are like that. And then I have to move to uh, maybe three or four meals that are like that in my peak of my training, um, just to keep it keep things cleaner. Uh, but I know the vegetables that I've been tracking in the past that work well for me. And again, it might sound boring, but it's all building towards something much greater, building to something bigger, the bigger body, the better body, the stronger, more muscular version of myself. Because I do want to do it differently this year. I want a different outcome. I want to put on more muscle. I want to get a deeper, more defined midsection. And I think that means I'm going to have to uh, work a little bit harder on that this year because like my coach said everybody has a trouble spot he said for some people it's their legs some people it's their chest Um, he said for you I think it's your abs Uh, which means that for some people might have to work as hard to get that six-pack look but they don't have as good as legs Uh, whereas me my legs are my strongest point like even now I haven't been training legs heavy but you can see veins sticking out of my legs. You can see the definition. Um, I haven't lost any size in there. Um, but as opposed to my abs, I can see, well, that I can see that they have disappeared a little. So all of these different things mightn't sound interesting. You might say, oh, well, man, I'm, I'm going to get bored with that. Well, From my experience, the people that tell me that, oh yeah, I just, I need to eat different food all the time, Um, you know, I I need to do a different workout all the time. These are the people that are normally, and I'm generalizing here, overweight or morbidly obese that won't just stick with what is going to work and convince themselves that they need to eat different foods all the time, convince themselves that they need to do different workouts all the time and really don't get any results. Don't get the serious transformation. They just say, oh no, I, could just, I just get too bored with that. Well, are you gonna get bored with a sexy body? Are you gonna get bored with a sexy, healthy, strong, vibrant body transformation? And I would assume the answer to that would be no. So, okay, well, see what you're telling me here. You've done that before. You've done the different workouts before. You've eating all the different foods before that you say that you are. How's that working out for you? Normally, it's not working out. So, let's do it differently. Let's do it smarter. Let's do it better. Let's get a different outcome. And yeah, that means you're going to have to change your mindset. And yeah, that means you're going to have to change the fact that you can't be eating all these different foods all the time. Maybe depending on what it is that you're doing. People that say that to me are normally overindulging in different foods, eating the wrong 
uh, too much of the wrong types of foods and that's why they have the outcome. So if we can simplify everything for you, if we can get you conditioned to doing things consistently, then that's most likely going to reap you the best results. I mean, I'm sure if you analysed... So we're in tennis season right now. They're about to start the Australian Open in another uh, two weeks, I think. Uh, If you think about that, if you went through any of the... Let's just say the top five men or women tennis players on the circuit in the world, I guarantee you that they've probably stuck with the similar routine, similar training for years. The lead up to the games is the same. The the warm-ups, the conditioning, the psychological stuff that they do, whether they have lucky undies, lucky socks, lucky shoelaces, um, whether they have a superstition about the way that they put one shoe on before the other, um, which colours that they wear, I mean, just have a look at Rafael Nadal and what he does with his water bottles on the court when he sets them up and after he has each drink. I'm talking like he'll do like a like a, a tiny little adjustment to make sure that they're level, to make sure that they're spaced. He has one that's got electrolytes in it, one that's got water. And when he puts it down, you watch him if they show a close-up. He'll twist it slightly to make sure that the like the labels are all pointing the direction that he wants them. I mean, why would you do that? You know, it's electrolyte, it's, you know, it's water, they just drink bottles, why does he just throw them down on the ground? Well, for him, that works for him, okay? Novak Djokovic, he has a certain number of, and maybe other tennis players do this too, has a certain number of bounces that he has to do of the tennis ball before he serves the ball. Other people have all kinds of different things. Some people, you know, uh, adjust their undies before they, um, you know, get into the position to serve. Some of them have all kinds of things. The number of times they spin their tennis racket while they're waiting for a return. Um, The way that they communicate with their their box. Leighton Hewitt used to do this a lot. Always looking to his box for support, support, a hand signal, something that is going to keep him motivated. He'd do that all the time. So, in order to achieve top performance, the highest level, we need to do things the same. We need to do things consistently. Now, my final thought on this is, if you're doing the wrong things consistently, then something's got to change. Like I said just before about you know, changing all the foods and changing all your workouts all the time, that needs to change. And this is why sometimes when people come to work with me, for instance, um, they say to me, like if, like I know what is required for them, but we might do a few workouts and then they're like, oh, are we always going to do this type of workout? We'll have a bit of a discussion about that. Are we going to do something else? Because, you know, I'm getting bored. I get bored really easily. And then I look at the results that they have gotten over time, like without me, And then when they start working with me, and I'm like, okay, I can see from this point on, this is going to be really hard work. Because people with that type of mindset normally don't get the foundation that we're building here. It's kind of like going along to the builder of the house and saying, do you know what, I'm really, 
I'm getting bored of you just putting in foundations here, um, of digging things up and putting the pipes in and the, you know, the concrete. Um, I really want you to start working on the tiles. I'm getting bored of seeing all this. Is the builder going to say, oh, sorry about that. Yeah, we'll start doing the tiling tomorrow. Well, what, actually, why don't we just start doing it now? What are they going to tile? So it's the same thing. We have to build the foundations before we can build the other pretty things that are around it. Unfortunately, some people uh, get held back in their health and fitness because they think, oh man, this is going to be boring. Um, so one of the fun things that we do in our boot camp sessions is each workout is different, but in the way that I've created them, we're still adopting the same principles for the workouts. So we're working the muscles where, uh, in a way that is strengthening them. And then every now and then we'll throw in a, like a session that's got more cardio and stuff in there. But um, we're still using the same principles. And so, if you're having a plateau yourself, if you're, um, you know, having this tussle that, man, I'm, I'm sick of doing the same thing, then maybe you need to schedule a, a consultation with me so that we can talk through it in more detail to try and find out, so where are the blockages for you? And if you think about the things that I've spoken about with you now, you can see how, well, okay, if you can map out a program over a period of time which is what I do with my clients and I say well okay where are you where are you at right now in terms of your motivation so as people are coming back this year I'm having these conversations with them saying okay so I'm trying to get them back into a a good routine and some of them just they need to get going for a few sessions before they they start to feel focused and everything again and I say okay so tell me how are you going in terms of where you are with your, your health and fitness goal uh, for this year? Are you still wanting to achieve what it is that you wanted to when you first came in? Okay, great. So, are you in a good headspace right now? Yes. Okay, let's talk about accountability measures. What are those accountability measures that are going to be working for you? Let's talk about keeping your nutrition journal. Let's talk about uh, weighing you in. Let's talk about doing your fitness assessment every four to six weeks. Let's do all of those things to keep people to account. And some people just don't want accountability. They're happy to just, oh, do you know what? I'm going through a real busy phase right now. I'm happy to just maintain what I've got right now and then we'll look to you know, change it in the future. And then those people that are really focused, I say, okay, so here's my plan for you for this next eight weeks. I want to hit these exercises really hard. And for some people, it might be, we're going to do these same exercises every day. Well, sorry, each workout that we do for three days for the next four weeks. And let's see how your body responds with those. Then we might look to work more specifically on breaking up your body into a few more parts. And we'll work it more intensely three times, um, well, once a week, but more intensely. But divide your body up into three parts. And do it like that. And I think when people can see that, all right, we've got a real plan here, and they can see that we're putting those measures in place, the whole ball game, ball game starts to change. The problem with most people is that they don't do this. They don't put any tests in place. They don't put any measures in place. They don't measure. They don't record what it is that they're doing. They're not tracking their food. So guess what? You end up in the same place. It's, 
It's just like saying we're saving for a house. Some weeks you put some money away, other, other weeks you don't. You're kind of just thinking about it and say, oh yeah, no, we will save. Unless you purposefully deduct the money automated from your account each week, put it somewhere where you're not going to see it, another account, that's the way that I do it, then you don't think about it. But if it's up to you to manually remember, okay, once a week I've got to go and do this, you won't do it. Some weeks you will, some weeks you won't. If you automate this process, you track it, you watch how close you get to that goal faster than if you didn't. It's the same with anything in life. We've got to measure it, track it. That's how you get the results. All right, so there's a lot of content in today. The bottom line here is I think boring is sexy because I'm talking about it in the context of stability. I'm talking about it in terms of consistency and who doesn't want consistency in their life. So take care wherever you are today in the world. Stay safe. I'll see you tomorrow.